Hey guys, it's Sophia and Sophie, and welcome back to the In Pursuit podcast. This is part two um, to our messing up topic. Um, we just filmed part one, and this is literally just a continuation of that because this was just, we just had so much to say on this and um, so many personal stories and scripture that we wanted to share on this topic that we couldn't fit it all into one podcast. So, that being said, if you haven't watched, part one or listened to part one um i would recommend doing that first because there is kind of an order to what we're talking about and part one definitely comes before part two so anyways so in our previous part one to messing up we kind of concluded with this idea of strongholds and confessing um and we're gonna talk a little bit about how our confessions can be received sometimes and what happens when we confess the things that we struggle with to the people in our lives are they always gonna receive it well what do we do if they don't so Soph's gonna go into that a little bit so throughout um just the past few years of my life, there's definitely been a mixture of both. I've had a lot of people receive me in a very loving, kind, um, understanding way. And I've had other people receive me in a not so kind, loving, understanding way. And so I just kind of, this to me was something that was important to touch on because it is a part of the journey of confessing and like coming clean about your sin and bringing things in darkness to the light and um this is something practical that you potentially could run into um so i sort of wanted to touch on it because um it can be hard when people that you love and respect and are going to to confide in about something that is um a struggle of yours you're being vulnerable and unfortunately sometimes um people sometimes don't know how to handle vulnerability and don't like appreciate vulnerability and that's not to say that um you shouldn't go tell people when you're struggling right because um there's there's two there's two sides to it so if and i were talking about this earlier and um, we we're talking about how sometimes people just value different things. One of the reasons why Soph and I get along so well and connect so deeply is because we both have a deep core um, value in the idea of understanding people and being understood. And so some people have that same core value and some people don't some people are more um like how do i how do how do you say that driven my mom always uses the example of like the carrot and the stick and if you're driven by the carrot it's like the reward system of like the encouragement and the love and like the positivity and then if you're driven by the stick it's because you're scared of punishment and so some people are punishment motivated some people are reward motivated um but that's just like different people functioning on different planes of yeah like what they need 
And different people have different personalities and different backgrounds and different ways that they were brought up that shape the way that they are and the way that they give correction in the way that they receive correction. Like everyone is different. So we also have to be able to extend grace for the way that people react. Um, But that being said, when you go to someone and you're vulnerable, sometimes they might not react in a way that you feel loved and received. Some people, I feel like I'm a little bit of a mixture of both. Like I... I can appreciate when somebody is bold enough to be honest with me and correct me, even if it's in a stern way. But for the most part, I'll use an example of like my parents because I know they wouldn't mind me sharing this, but there were times where my parents would like react in more of a um, harsh way and that didn't do anything like them saying you're going to be grounded for x time or you're going to be whatever that didn't do anything for me I was I wasn't punishment motivated um I basically was the kid who was like you can do whatever you want you can you can take away everything in my life it's not going to change anything in the way that I act I was that stubborn but I was never punishment motivated. I just wanted to be understood and I wanted to be heard and I wanted them to see my heart. And so when they have responded to me in a way that was like, we love you so much that we don't want to see you make these mistakes, that's what gets my attention. And that's what changes things for me. And that's what makes me not want to repeat the same action. Um, So everyone's different. Everyone needs different things. But... Um, so for me, when people react super harsh and sort of in like a punishment motivated way, that's like, you did blah, blah, blah. And like, that's not okay. And blah, blah, blah. That pushes me further away from them. That's just my personal response that pulls me away from people whereas when I go to people who receive me in love and show me the love of Christ that draws me closer to Christ that like I don't know yeah um I think a lot of times we get tangled up with a really big obstacle when it comes to confession called fear of man Mm. and sometimes it's also an issue of fear of rejection or fear of abandonment or a fear of being misunderstood or um, not cared for or whatever the case may be. But sometimes when we face the need to confess something because we've sinned, we've repented before the Lord, and the next step is to go tell somebody about it. Um, We already talked about in our first podcast who you go to to confess. So you can go back and watch that if you haven't. But as far as what we're responsible for in that moment of confession, it's only being obedient to the Lord and the fear of the Lord that leads us to do that. And fear of man isn't really a good excuse to not come forward and share certain struggles that you have because I guarantee you that when we're told to go and confess our sins. It says it in James 5, I think there's a verse, and it's like, therefore go and confess your sins to one another so that you can pray for each other and receive healing. And you can't receive that healing that comes with confession 
if you don't do the act of confessing. Yeah. Yeah, like at the end of the day, your responsibility is confession regardless of the way you're going to be received or the way that people are going to react. Their reaction is between them and the Lord. And like that's just the way it is. And for me, an issue that I had and still sometimes do have is confusing Christians with Christ. And I've had this issue for a while. And there are a lot of people that I have in my life that I admire their walks with the Lord. And if I go and I tell these people what I'm struggling with or whatever, and they turn around and are condemning and make me feel like I'm awful or whatever, I confuse their reaction with the love of Christ. And at the end of the day, we need to have grace for people because even the people we confess to, they're humans. Like they're not always going to receive us perfectly exactly how we need to be received because they're not Christ. And we just need to keep that in mind because some people aren't going to react the way that we want them to react. And we need to realize that that's okay because they have their set of things that they're working through too. And the Lord is bringing them through certain things too. And we need to be able to have grace for each other. And how can we ask someone to have grace for us when we're not going to have grace for them back? Mm -hmm. So you just basically need to hold up your end of the bargain. And that is that when we sin, Christ asks us to confess. And it's for our good. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just ask us to do it just for fun. Like he wants us to do it because it's for our good. And so regardless of the way people react, that's still something that you need to do. I just, it's something that I did want to touch on because it can be hard. Like if I'm being completely honest, that has been something that's been hard for me in confessing is that like people that I really love and care about have reacted in ways that have made me feel really awful and that's something that I need like I needed to have grace for them in the way that they reacted just like they needed to have grace for me and what I was telling them Mm -hmm. and sometimes that can be the first step in walking in freedom from something Mm -hmm. is confessing it to the right people and having that like kind of rebuke and that feeling of like oh other people know that this is something that I did and I don't want that to happen again. Like I don't want to have to tell that person again that I did something. Yeah, so sometimes it kind it's of, just a part of the consequence yeah, to your sin. Yeah, part of the consequence or also part of the accountability process. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the stories that I wanted to share uh, that I think is just a really good example of all of what we just talked about is the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Because this woman encounters jesus at the well she's there at noon which is important to notice because a lot of the women in her day would have gone earlier in the day so she was specifically avoiding the people in her community because she was living in sin um she jesus comes tells her like hey i know that you've had five husbands and the guy that you're living with right now he's not your husband basically rebuking her for her sin calling her out of her promiscuity and still seeing her heart and loving her beyond cultural 
social and racial barriers. If you read the story, like the details are absolutely insane. And I think it's probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible because you just see how Jesus encounters this woman with so much grace and so much just truth and like appointed discernment at like, I know exactly what you've done. I know exactly where you've been and how you live your life. And I know that you're here at this time because you don't want to face the other women in your community because you know you're going to be gossiped about because of the choices that you're making. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but I love you. You know who I am? I'm the one that's going to give you living water. I'm the one that's going to quench your thirst for all of the things that you deeply desire that you're trying to find somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And this woman after her encounter with Jesus, goes, runs, and tells her whole community about who she met, what he told her, and was just unashamed testifying to what the Lord did in her life, to the people that she was so scared that she was avoiding. So there's something to be said about like the fear of God replacing that fear of man in Mm. us, that we're willing to do whatever it takes to walk in freedom. That's so good. And a real life example of that, which Sophie, like Sophie and her mom, I was talking to Sophie and her mom just about this recent situation that was happening in my life. And I was like basically saying like, it sort of is super, like it's it's really discouraging how these certain people have reacted towards this because it almost, like it feels like I'm trying to walk in freedom from this, but it almost feels like these people aren't letting me. And Sophie was like, but they didn't die on the cross for your sins. Jesus did. He's the only one who gets to have the power to allow you to walk in freedom. They didn't free you from your sins. Christ did. And I was like, wow, that was such like a fear of man that was in me that I was allowing these people to hold me back from receiving the freedom of Christ because of the negative reactions that they were having towards me that were so deeply affecting me when they shouldn't have been um second corinthians 5 17 aha it says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. That's such a powerful passage. Yeah. And the amount of times it says the word reconciliation is a lot. And it's not actually talking about being reconciled one brother to another. Um, but it's talking about being reconciled to God. Because anytime we sin, it's a separation from God. That's a natural consequence because death was the natural consequence we were never meant to die we were always meant to just walk with god for all of eternity and so every time we sin there's a separation one of my friends from a bible study a couple years back used to say 
every time I sin, it's like I'm driving those nails back into the hands of Jesus. And when she said that, I literally started crying and I was like, how many times do we forget like the weight of our sin and the price that Jesus paid to reconcile us to the Father? Like there was a divide between us and God and Jesus is the reason that that bridge was crossed, that that gap was like brought together Mm -hmm. and that we can have fellowship with God again. And one of the things that we were also talking about is this feeling of after you sin and you know you've done something wrong, you've messed up, of not being able to get back in the presence of God. It's Mm -hmm. almost like this tail between the legs, like I can't talk to God because I messed up. You know what it's like? I read through the beginning of Genesis the other day and it's like how Adam and Eve, they knew they sinned. So they hid from God. They knew they were naked and they went and they hid. And like, we know God can see us. Like, hello? Like, we know God can see us, but we still try to hide because we're ashamed. And so something, um, I, I've mentioned this verse so, or this like piece of scripture so many times because it always, like literally the past what like five months six months has it's hit me in different ways over and over and over again and different parts of it have spoke to me um in different ways for a while it's the end of hebrews 4 and it's basically i for a while we we were meditating on hebrews 4 14 to 14 through 16 but the part that has really stuck out to me the past couple of months was verse 16 because I felt that way like I have really felt that way that's like Lord I feel like I can't come into your presence because I feel like I'm not allowed or like and I feel like that's a very common thing I've spoken about it with a lot of people a lot of people feel that way like when you sin you feel like you can't enter the presence of God because there's no sin in Christ so like it's just like you feel that separation like when you sin you feel a separation which is false guilt from the enemy because when you're covered in the blood of Mm. christ and you've already asked for forgiveness for something the enemy will try and bring that thing up to get you to feel guilty to get you to then separate yourself and isolate basically from the only one who can actually heal that hurt right so it's basically the way we feel is the opposite of what scripture says. Mm-hmm. The, what the enemy tries to convince us of is always the opposite of what scripture says. But you feel so much shame and like you can't. Like I literally told Sophie, I was like, I was literally laying in my bre- bed praying the other day. And I was like, Lord, I feel like I can't talk to you. Like I feel like so distant and I don't want to. And like I know it's the enemy causing me to feel this way. And so... The last verse of um, Hebrews 4 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And confidence stuck out to me so much because it's not, Lord, I'm here and I'm nervous to talk to you because I know I just messed up and I'm really sorry. It's not timid. Like, it literally says, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy to help in our time of need. 
Like we're, when we're in our time of need, that's when the Lord wants us to boldly come before him and say, Lord, I need help. Like you are the only one who can save me and I need help. And it literally says to draw near to him with confidence. That's That like stands out to me so much because I feel like it is such a common thing. I've talked about it literally with so many people that it's like, yeah, once I've done something wrong or I know I've sinned or I know whatever, it's like, oh, I feel like a certain amount of time has to pass before I come yeah. to the Lord or I have to be doing well enough for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time before I come to the Lord, which is so not true. Like the Lord is not like a works-based savior. Like that's the whole point. Like that's what makes Christianity and a relationship with Christ different from every other religion is because it's not works-based and it's not because I've said X X amount of prayers or, you know, done X amount of good deeds. It's because he saved us. Like he died on the cross for our sins. That's why we get to go to him. So when we sin, he wants us to come to him because that's what he died for. Mm. So it's just... It's all very like backwards the way the enemy tries to convince us to be. And so that's why it's so important to be meditating on scriptures like this. So when you feel that condemnation from the enemy, you're like, no, scripture says like the Lord says to draw near to the throne of grace with confidence so that I can receive mercy and grace in my time of need. Mm. And it's crazy because with that confidence, like there is also a huge dose of humility that accompanies it. Like we walk confidently, but we have to humble ourselves from that feeling of like there has to be a certain amount of time to pass or whatever because that's actually still thinking about us. Yeah. And God's like, yeah. guess what, honey? It's not about you. Never it's has about been. never has <laughs> been. It's about me, my son, and what we did so that you could come be in our presence because we want you with us. Mm. Like, oh, so good. Actually, I, because it's a trinity, so it's just one, but whatever. God's like, I want you with me. And like, you need to get over your stubborn pride and the accusations that the accuser throws your way because I want to walk with you and I want to take you into freedom. Mm. So that was just because i had humility down on my list but i was like where does that fit and obviously everywhere when it comes to messing up and confessing things that you did wrong um but we're gonna move into reconciliation since we talked about that in the fact that jesus paid the price and redeemed us so that we could be reconciled to our heavenly father but what about when we've sinned with someone or we've sinned against someone um we tossed around like being accused or like the accuser is another name for the devil and there's a good reason for that because he doesn't just accuse us of our sin and like point fingers where we're covered in the blood of jesus but he also gets us to be offended at other people or like stirs up division and strife in a place where God calls for unity and obedience to him. And so there's a verse, of course, in Matthew 5 um, at the end of the Beatitudes. And it's talking about in verse 23, 
So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So it's, you got to leave things. And if you remember, wait a minute, I've wronged somebody or I know that I'm hurting because of something that someone did. You go and you make it right with that person. And then you get to come back and present your sacrifice to God. Mm. Yeah, I, that was a, I, the Lord reveals things. I've said this so many times, but he reveals things in his timing. And that was something that he revealed to me. Um, probably it was sometime last year that he was like, you know, I've forgiven you for all of this, but there are people that you need to ask forgiveness of. And literally a list like came to my head and it was like this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. And so I went to all of those people and I asked forgiveness and it was honestly like I was so blessed in that every single person received me with love and gratitude for the fact that I was apologizing to them because mm. There was, I was fully prepared for a possibility where people were going to be like, yeah, you suck. And like, (laughs) that was really messed up of you and blah, blah, blah. Like that was fully like a possibility. And I knew that, like I went into it knowing like people could be really upset with me or like whatever. Humility. Yeah. And like, I knew that was completely a possibility. And like the Lord blessed me so much in that like every single person like was so kind and loving towards me. Um, what was I going to say? It was so funny because for literally like a month and a half, maybe two months after we did this course at our Bible study, I would text Soph and be like, hey, what are you doing today? And she's like, oh, I have lunch with so-and-so. Apology time. And she just had like appointment after appointment of people that she was like, I need forgiveness from this person. I need to like talk to this person to make things right. And how did you feel after you did all that? It was honestly such an encouraging experience because again like vulnerability opens the door for vulnerability and like being able to go to people and be like look I messed up and like I'm really sorry that like it like that I hurt you and whatever like it opened up like such beautiful doors for like I don't know it it was it was honestly such a cool experience like Mm -hmm. I really saw the Lord work in my life through those conversations with those people. And it was just really encouraging. Um, so that was a really, really cool experience. And it, it's just, it's what Christ calls us to do. He calls us to, like, if we've wronged somebody, to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And if they choose not to forgive us, mm-hmm. that's between them and the Lord. Like, again, their response is their responsibility with them and the Lord. But we need to do what the Lord has called us to do. And so um, there was also a freedom in that, in knowing like I'm doing what the Lord has convicted me to do and has called me to do. Mm-hmm. Not even convicted, like that's literally what scripture says. Like this is what it says to do. And like there's a freedom in obeying Christ, mm-hmm. which can sometimes sound like backwards. It's like, oh, I'm obeying what he's telling me to do. And it's so freeing. Like it really is. So I found a lot of freedom in doing that too. Um, Something that came to my head while you were talking was um, a story that one of our friends, Alyssa, told us one time. 
um, maybe it was just me. I don't know if you were there, but she basically was saying how her mom, whenever they were in church and they were about to take communion, her mom would always stop them from taking communion if she knew that there was a fight with like their siblings or something. And she would be like, you, you can't, you can't take communion if you have strife with a brother. And it's true. Like she would, she would literally be like, you guys need to apologize to each other and you guys need to like have grace for one another and forgive each other before you guys can come before the Lord and take communion. And that's such a like, for them as like kids, that's such like a good example of like, this is how we're supposed to live. Like, Mm-hmm. The Lord calls us to make things right with people that we have beef with. Yeah, pretty much. And like, <laughs> if we don't, then like, we're not being obedient to the Lord. So like, I don't know, that story just came to my head. And I was like, that's such a good example of like, how we're supposed to live our lives and like, what the Lord calls us to do. Yeah, literally a real life example. Yeah. Um, And I think... We should probably do a separate podcast on forgiveness because that's a whole forgiveness and bitterness and the root of that. It's just like a lot to cover all in one messing up podcast. But obviously forgiveness is going to be a theme because when you go and ask for forgiveness for things, you better expect that some people are going to come to you asking for you to forgive them. And anyways, there's a lot in scripture on that topic, but one of the last things we wanted to talk about in under the umbrella of messing up is how do you handle it when someone that you care about messes up or makes a mistake? How do you be a good friend to that person? How do you encourage them and direct them back towards the truth? Yeah, we. I really wanted to include this because I think it's just as important to be able to like be able to be that friend. I'm reading a book right now and one of the chapters is literally titled Be the Friend That You Want to Be. And no, it's titled Be the Friend That You Want to Have. I have been able to watch one of my best friends, Sophie, receive me in such a loving and kind way when I come to her with things. And it's like, wow, I feel so loved and so encouraged and so challenged by this person. And I want to be able to be that friend for her and for other people too. And so like when somebody comes to you and says like, look, I've messed up. I need to confess this to you. How do we, how do we react? How do we receive them? Because at least for me, I, I feel like I tend to, I somehow am just one of those people that a lot of people tell their stuff to. And I think it's, I think the more you're like exposed to and the more like open you are with people, the more open they are with you. And Mm. so a lot of people know that like I've struggled with X, Y, and Z and like I've been through X, Y, and Z and like all these things. And so I think that opens a door for a lot of people to be able to come to me and be like, I've also done this or like I've struggled with this and like because they know that like I've been there so I understand but something that I admire so much about Sophie is that she may not have done x y and z or been through x y and z but she can still be so like kind and loving and encouraging and make you like make you feel like she understands and truly be understanding even though she might not be able to relate in any way um 
So I think that's something that's like so, so powerful powerful and so important. And we all want to be the friend that we want to have. So I just thought that would be something really good that Sophie can talk on a little bit in her experience of me coming to her with all of my baggage. <laughs> Pick it up and leave the train station. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think, honestly, it's just... I'm going to give a quick shout out to my mom right now because... Yeah. She honestly has taught me so much over the course of my very kind of messy sometimes life that she, no matter what, will love me. And she tells me this all the time. She's like, Sophie, I want you to know that there is nothing you could ever say or do that's going to make me love you any less. But she also shows that with her actions. Yeah, she shows it with her actions because anytime... Even from the time I was little, when I would get caught, like, in the middle of doing something I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing, it wasn't her, like, mom freaking out, being like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to do that. You should know better, blah, blah, blah. Even she, if that's how she felt inside right. that she wanted to react. <laughs> right. She knew how, like, she's talked about this with both of us. She mm. knew how important it was for her to receive Sophie in a loving way and like keep her cool and she would just like gently take me from wherever I was sit me down with her look me in the eyes and just mm. talk to me about whatever I was doing or whatever I was going through and ask me questions like why did you do that um blah 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 and she told me once I was older she was like honestly Sophie the best parenting advice I've ever received is don't ever let them see you freak out no matter what they tell you they just murdered their neighbor don't ever let them see you freak out mm -hmm. and she was like because Soph and I were talking about this in the car today she's like Soph said that it's so important for kids to feel like their trust is respected and that they're understood and valued even despite their mistakes and so my mom was always really good at making me feel understood, making me feel like I wasn't crazy for doing certain things or acting out in certain ways, but letting me know like that's not the right decision and what would you tell your kids? And just really gently leading me back to truth, back to Jesus and doing it in a way that was really compassionate and never condemning never like well just never made me feel like rejected in any way or like I was just messed up or broken or unfixable no matter how bad the things I tell my mom I know what she's going to do with them and I know how she's going to handle it and I've built so much trust with my mom that I'm really grateful for because I know a lot of people don't have that experience with their parents. Yeah. And and as an adult, you still continue to want to talk to your mom about things mm. because of the foundation that she laid for you as a kid. And it's also opened the door that like when you see, I've seen this like throughout the course of my life that like I've had friends who have this deep trust 
trusting, loving relationship with their parents. And it opens the door for like you to do the same. I like my best friend growing up had this loving, trusting relationship with her parents. And I would sit down and tell her parents everything. And the same thing with Sophie's mom. I'll sit there and tell her everything because literally I will tell her anything and she'll be like, I feel you. Like and ru- and rub my head and understand me and wipe enc- her tears literally wipe my tears and encourage me and it's so cool like that like it's literally like oh my gosh that's how I want to be like that's the mom <laughs> I want to be like I want to be the mom that my kids friends come to to talk to because they know no matter what I'll receive them with love and make them feel seen and understood like that's so impactful especially when you're younger. Mm. especially as a kid tip number one that's not spiritual at all just practical don't let them see you freak out even Mm. if you're hurt by the situation even if something about it is like whatever don't let them see that because like Soph said it's really important for people to be received how they are and just met where they're at with kindness and compassion because a lot of the times if people come to you with certain things saying that they've messed up in certain areas or they need counsel about certain situations, they're not usually coming to you with it all figured out. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they need external processing time to just get out whatever's inside. And then you not freaking out really helps because they actually get to receive the Holy Spirit themselves Mm -hmm. and have him like show them this in the situation or this in the situation And sometimes you don't have to say a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely me. I'm an external processor. (laughs) And like sometimes literally just like I need to talk to Sophie so that I can process. Like and so that she can help me process because I'm just like that's I'm so when I tell you guys I am so bad at processing anything like literally put anything in front of me will not be like I would rather ignore my issues until the day that I die than ever (laughs) have to process something like I literally for the first time the other day sat down and like wrote out a letter to somebody that had hurt me that was just like literally purely therapeutic they will never read the letter ever (laughs) but it was just like something that I needed to do and when I tell you it was the hardest thing (laughs) I have done in so long like I know people journal their feelings and they like on a daily basis and I'm friends with a girl (laughs) who tends to do all that and is great at processing her feelings and is like, you know what? I'm feeling a little off today. Let me figure out what it is. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling a little off today. I'm going to go do a million things to distract myself. (laughs) So just very different. Um, But yeah, I definitely need external processing time and having people that can like genuinely like listen to me and help me like think through it and like work through it without making me feel like I can't like open my mouth and say something without being judged or condemned is huge for me um but that being said literally everyone is different and so sometimes people need the tough love of like hey punch get your act together like what you did wasn't right how Mm -hmm. could you say that have you no shame Mm -hmm. and that works for some people like I had just be so careful that you don't turn around and do something to someone else that is just not going to go over well because you might traumatize the person like that's happened to me on a couple of occasions where I've done something wrong 
And already it's taken me years to build thicker skin because well, while Soph is the type of person who she could hear all day long what she's doing wrong and until she decides to care, it's not an issue. If you... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. If you look at me sideways and I think I've done something wrong when I haven't, I'll be in tears like crying repenting and that's how I was as a kid too so that's why my mom's like talk approach really helped but um just I've had situations in my life where someone has tried to call me out for doing something wrong that I genuinely wasn't aware of and it has been so bad like when I tell you screaming into my face and me just like barely holding on by a thread, like trying not to let tears leak out of my eyes because I'm so scared and like shut down, like how she shuts down if someone just like goes and whatever. I shut down in the face of that too. But it's to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything wrong. I can't fail in front of this person. I have to be perfect. And it reinforces this performance-based mentality Mm. that I have to perform for people to respect me or love me. Right. And just... And that's not how you want your friends to feel around you. Right. You don't want your friends to feel like they have to perform or make things up or be somebody that they're not so that they can have your approval. Like, I honestly... Like, when people come to me and trust me enough to tell me something that they've never told anyone before or confess something to me I genuinely and some people feel differently about this some people are like how could you like whatever and react differently but my instinct and like my initial reaction is wow I I honestly feel so like privileged that you trust me enough with this information Mm -hmm. that you trust me to talk about this with and that you like of all the people you could have chosen to confide in you you wanted to talk to me about this and you trust me like that means a lot like your trust means a lot to me and like I want you to know that I'm here for you and so like that's like I don't know be I keep saying it but be the friend you want to have yeah so I think that concludes the messing up confession and uh I'm so tired. I can't outro this. I know, this. me too. Um, <laughs> we are just dying here. Um, yeah. I think there is definitely more we could probably add, but of um, we, we touched on the things that we have felt have been very important and have also been like what we've experienced. And so we're sharing from a lot of personal experience, a lot of what's happened in our lives recently Mm. and um honestly the scriptures that have like been on our hearts recently too so but don't forget that what we say doesn't matter if it doesn't align with the word of god Mm -hmm. so if at any point you're listening to this podcast and you're like they're wrong that doesn't what scripture says scripturally accurate call us out call us out holler at us slide into our dms um 
but disagree with us if you want to <laughs> like literally we this is a conversation like we yeah. genuinely from the bottom of our hearts do not want to be preaching at you and that's why we talk from so much personal experience i was just yeah. telling sophie earlier i was like it's so cool how sometimes i'm like I don't even know what we're going to talk about on our podcast. And the Lord is so faithful to be like, look, I'm going to put you through something right now so that you can learn a lesson and be able to talk about it from a really like relatable, honest, vulnerable point of view. And it's like, okay, yeah, (laughs) thank you, Lord. And like, that's, that's what this has been. Like, this is what we're going through right now. And that's why we share this stuff with you because we want to be walking alongside you guys, not barking orders at you guys and like (laughs) telling you guys what we think like we're not trying to we're really trying to come at this with humility and just be like look (laughs) we are messing up all day long so like here's a podcast about it yeah we just want you guys to know that you're understood and we're right there with you so yeah we're here to be honest we're not here to be right yeah That's so good. So anyways, love you guys. We'll see you in our next podcast. Bye. Bye.